0: Amen. All right, guys, turn to Romans eight. Amen.
1: Uh,
0: that's what we're we'll doing today. Um, we. Uh, wow. This is an amazing message. And um, Romans eight is possibly one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And I'm so excited about preaching this. You know, Spurgeon said, you know, People watch me burn when I preach, you know, and and I I don't know what to say, but I feel like I might blow up today because Romans 8 is unbelievable. And if you understand Romans 8 in your faith, if you just understood one chapter in the Bible, you should understand Romans 8. If you would reread Romans chapter 8 and just meditate on it, there's so much in this chapter that... Will take you to another level spiritually. Talk about breakthroughs. Sometimes breakthroughs are super simple. Just know one chapter in the Bible. Romans 8. And so I want to implore you church. Meditate this summer on Romans 8. Read it out loud. Read it backwards. Read it in other versions. Read it. Read it. Read it. It is incredible. It will change your life. It's been changing my life. I thought I understood Romans 8. I don't. I'm still learning Romans 8. It is the true, the treatise at the end from Romans chapter 1 through 7, right? He lays all this stuff up. And this is kind of the last chapter of really the treatise or the thought of what the gospel is in a teaching way. And then he goes from 9 to 11 speaking about the dilemma of the Jews and Gentiles. And then he goes into now, what are we to be? In our actions from 12 to 16. So this is kind of the end. The crescendo. The powerful ending to the gospel. And all that it encapsulates in it. And so I just want to say please. Pay attention to God's word. Because your life will be changed forever. And please read Romans 8 again and again. Again and again and again and again. Memorize it. Know it. Because if you know it. You're going to be more than a conqueror. Right. And I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we're going to go through this. And, and I'm not going to be able to hit everything in this chapter, of course. But I'm going to just hit on some things that really inspire me and have changed me, even reading. You know, you ever just do a sermon or do a lesson and you're more fired up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and I was sitting there Friday and I kind of been studying Romans 8. And I don't know how to say this, but I wrote this sermon in like 25 minutes. You're like, uh-oh. But it was an easy 25. I was like, I was moving, you know. Uh, anyone knows that, you know, I, pre- I type pretty fast, but boy, I was moving. And I don't know how to say it better, but I was just inspired. And I, I was like, I understand it. You know, I felt like Neo in The Matrix, you know, when he's like, he, at, the, at the last moment when, when you know, uh, Mr. Smith meets him and he just kind of stops the bullet looks at it, and, tr- and it all they all drop to the ground. That's how I felt. That's how I feel right now. You know, I, I understand the matrix. You know, I understand life. I understand death. I understand what this is all about. Man, I'm putting a lot of pressure on the sermon. Okay, let's move forward. We're going to call this Life Through the Spirit. That's the title of what the Bible uses, for this Romans 8 There's so much in this It's like you could call it more than a conqueror You could call it so many things right But life through the spirit is really exactly Where I think we need to think through Life through the spirit You know How do we stay connected To an invisible God Who lives Beyond the depths And outside of the universe In space and time Hmm it's not going to be Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or any other aspect that we have. The Holy Spirit is what connects us. Right. And so we as Christians need to live life through the Spirit. We need to be spiritual people that understand the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, I say in Acts 2, when we look through that passage, it, I sometimes don't stress The gift of the Holy Spirit. The forgiveness of sins is enough. I mean, honestly, I feel like that's incredible, the forgiveness of sins. But then he says, and you will receive what? The gift of the the Holy Spirit. And today, we're going to look, we're going to unpack that gift. That gift is incredible. That gift is amazing. That gift makes us more than conquerors. The Holy Spirit, life through the Spirit. Amen. Life through the Spirit. That's the title of this message. And we're going to talk about three things. What does life through the Spirit mean? First, it sets us free from sin and death. You are free from sin and death. Why doesn't everyone become a Christian? Right there. I don't even—I can go home. What? Sin and death. I'm free from it. Oh, I don't want to be a Christian. What are you talking about? You're free from sin and death. Sin, the biggest problem, the biggest disease in all the world in time and space. People sin. That's why we have so much turmoil and pain in this life. We as Christians are free from it. And we're free from death. (laughs) I can laugh at it. Mm. Death. Bring it on. Bring on death. I win if I die. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Sometimes I thought Paul kind of was like so bold because he was like, I'm about to see Jesus. But the Lord wasn't ready to take him away yet. Was Paul smiling when he was beheaded? Mm. Maybe he was. That'd be a crazy thing, huh? He gets beheaded and he just keeps the smile going. (laughs) Why does he smile? He's the only one we beheaded that was smiling. Well, he understood he's free from death. What is also the spirit life through the spirit does? It testifies to our adoption. And we're going to talk about this adoption. Oh my goodness, this adoption. You are an adopted son and daughter, and what that actually means biblically, what that means for your life. So amazing, right? We're going to talk about it makes us more than conquerors. More than conquerors. We're going to talk about what that means. And Paul just went off. Talk about a poet, didn't even know it. Paul knew it, and he just poetically just, boom, came out of it. I mean, what he says here is so beautiful and amazing from 31 to 39. It's the best poetry ever. It's so amazing. It's so incredible. It it, it should be read in every school because it's so incredible. Amen? That's right more than a conqueror. So we're going to go through these. We're going to unpackage each of these. All right. So the first, let's start reading in verse one to 13. First point, the spirit, life through the spirit sets us free from sin and death. Verse one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Say that church. No condemnation. No condemnation. Oh yeah. No condemnation. No condemnation in Christ. This is scripture you got to memorize. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully Met. Say fully met, church. Fully met. fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if the Spirit is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Wow. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. You never should walk around with a dark cloud under your heart. You should walk with your head held high. You should walk in complete freedom, guiltless, not feeling any shame or guilt at all. You know, and the only reason we feel guilty now is to help our hearts be protected and confess that sin, be open be transformed, and change more into the glory of Christ. You know, no condemnation. What does that mean? It means the act of condemning someone to punishment, sentencing. We have never to be condemned, only glorified. We are glorified, not condemned. You know, uh, the message version, I love what it says here. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that faithful dilemma is restored. Those who enter into Christ's being... Here for us No longer have to live under a continuous Low-lying black cloud A new power is in operation I love that Yeah <laughs> Come on The spirit of life in Christ Like a strong wind Has magnificent cleared the air Freeing you from the faded lifetime Of brutal tyranny At the hands of sin and death What is the law of sin? What is the law of death? interesting. He uses the word law a lot in Romans, but he says the law of sin and the law of death. What is the law of sin? Those that sin die. What is the law of death? I'll break it down real simple. We all die twice, church. Every person, whether a Christian or not, dies twice. We die as Christians in the waters of baptism and then we die physically, and then we no longer die ever again. If you're not a Christian, then and you die in your sins, you die, and then you experience what's called the second death. Separation, complete separation from God. That is the law of sin and death. We no longer have that law among us. Even though our moral bodies might die, we are just but a seed that's about to be transformed, like you plant a seed, into a whole nother immortal body, church. Why? Because we live by the life of the Spirit. We have the Spirit of Christ in us. That is the seed that transforms our motor bodies into immortal bodies. What is the law of sin and death? We have to understand this. You know, in Christ, every spiritual blessing redemption, forgiveness of sins, no condemnation, new creation, salvation, eternal life. Outside, No spiritual blessings. No redemption. No forgiveness of sins. Condemnation. Old sinful creation. No salvation. No eternal life in heaven. This is why we share our faith. We don't share our faith so we can be better Christians. We don't share our faith so that we can get the guilt off. I don't have any more guilt. There's no condemnation. Next time you feel guilty, say there is no condemnation. Jesus. If I have sinned, I need to wipe it off myself. I am sin proof. You know, when you get hit and you have a a bulletproof vest by a bullet, it still hurts. You still get a little wounded, but you don't die. And there are sins that as Christians we commit that will wound us and hurt us. But we won't die if we hold on to Christ. What I'm trying to do is avoid the
1: bullets (laughs)
0: and avoid sinning at all because I don't live by the flesh anymore. Sarks, right? That's what the word means, sarks. It's the sinful nature. It's the part of us that rebels against God. Don't you hate that part? And God allowed us to have that part so we could have choice. We're unlike any other creation that ever lived. We have choice whether we sin or not. We have choice whether we're going to love God or not. Every single day, we make a choice. I'm going to love God today. I'm gonna deny sin today. I'm gonna confess my sin today. Why, because I live by the spirit. Why, because I have overcome death and sin. Why, because how can I live in this any longer? Sarks, sit down. Mm -hmm. A new one is in in charge. It's the spirit. The new governor is in town. The mayor of Whoville, sit around. <laughs> At this point, we're going with a new mayor. The new mayor in town is the Holy Spirit that speaks with my spirit. And we are in amazing intimate fellowship with one another. We no longer live for Sark's because Sark's is an opposition of God. It's impossible without the Holy Spirit to please God. That's why everyone should get baptized. Because without baptism, we don't have the forgiveness of sins and we don't get the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. A lot of people go, Oh, how am I gonna live out this life? It's so hard. Well, partially I just feel bad for you. You don't have what I have. I have the Holy Spirit. I have power that you don't have. So stop trying to do it yourself and realize we don't can't do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit has to do it. We have to remember that as Christians, amen. amen. Let's talk about what it means to be in Christ. How do you get into Christ? That's such a weird thing to say, but the Bible says it. The Bible says only, the only way to get into Christ is baptism. Mm-hmm. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the Bible with um, Nikki and Derek, and he read that scripture. We're going one by one, one chapter at a time, and texting each other every day from what we're learning. It's really awesome. I write something in John 3 about the spirit given without limit because I was super inspired by that. I kind of went over this passage and he said, it's clear that we need to be baptized to be born again because John 3, 5 says it. And I was like, man, that's pretty fired up. I didn't even teach that yet. We're still on the cross study, you know, but it's incredible that it says it right there. You got to be born of the water and the spirit. Right. Amen. You are born of the spirit church. You are a spiritual woman, a spiritual man, a spiritual creation that changes you. Get in the water. I'm serious. True. Get in the water. Tell people to get in the water. It, it, after they're ready to sit Sarks down, the only time you're ready to get baptized is if you're saying, sit down, Sarks. I wish you could just kill Sarks. wish you could just kill him. I'd kill them.
1: Yeah.
0: Sarks, they're not even a good name. <laughs> kill them. Right? But every day he dies a little bit more in my life. The spirit gets more powerful. Amen. Amen. But you know what? Part of that, I don't want sarks to die. Because part of it is that I don't have choice. And I want to walk into heaven saying, I choose to love you, Lord. Amen. No one choose it for me. I chose it.
1: Amen.
0: You know, I chose it. And thanks be to God that there's no condemnation. I can learn how to live in Christ. Second thing it says in Romans 3, I mean Romans 6, it talks about how or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? See, we die when we're baptized. I remember being a lot of baptisms, and this one sister. Every baptism would annoy me because she would go, "Bye, bye!" like that, wicked loud. And 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 my, I was, God was giving me a lot of conversions to baptize, and we were con- baptizing a lot of people, and. The, you know, the, the, the young Christian, would be like, why is she saying bye to me? You know, it's kind of a weird thing. And she didn't explain herself at all. She do, bye. And I talked to her. I said, Why do you keep saying that? Well, because they're dying, bro. And then I just let her keep saying bye. Because it's true, right? Yeah. We're dying. And we're, so we die once, and then we die that second time with our earthly bodies, and then we don't die no more. Amen. But you got to die, church. You got to die if you're going to live. You gotta lose your life to save it. Doesn't all these scriptures make sense? Don't they start coming together with Romans 8? Peter replied, repent and baptize every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive life through the Spirit that gives you no condemnation, that sets you free from sin and death. The law of it, amen? Mm -hmm. It says, so in Christ you are children of God through faith All of us who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. When God looks at me, can you believe it, church? He sees his perfect son Mm -hmm. because I got the clothes of Christ. I no longer have to walk in condemnation. How does God feel about me? This is my son who I am well pleased with. This is my daughter who I'm flat fired up about. I'm well pleased with. She is radiant, beautiful, amazing, perfect. Wow. Amazing. You know, amazing. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal life is that gift, amen? And it's funny how the gift of eternal life and the gift of the Holy Spirit are both spoken at as gifts. You know, I, 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 there's so much I can't earn in my Christianity. I really just need to d- just let go. I need to sit socks down and say, you know what? I, I'm not doing so good. I remember someone asked me when I was 18 years old, so are you ready to make Jesus Lord? I was like, yeah, it's going to be tough. He's like, let me ask you something. How are you doing so far? 18 years, living your own life, choosing your own decisions. I was like, I'm not doing so great. Why don't you let someone else take over? Uh-huh. And I, I was like, okay, yeah. sounds great. Let someone else take over. Yeah. And look at me now. <laughs> My life is like the price is right, you know what I mean? <laughs> and there's more, you know. Look at this. And you know, There's persecution. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Let's bring it, you know. Yeah. Persecution. Let's do it. Amen. Yeah. Revelation. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Do you have ears? Yes. yes. You better hear. That was how they say the main hear. You gotta hear what the Spirit says to the church. Is no one the one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. No. Not be hurt at all. I love that. I just love that he just he could just say you overcome the second death. But I love how he says you won't be hurt at all by the second death. Oh, that's fired up. You know. Poor Pharisees, right? I told you that you will die in your sins if you do not believe what I, that I am He. You will indeed die in your sins. Church, we got to share our faith so that people don't die in their sins. we got to tell them, there's no condemnation waiting for you. You don't have to be looking over your shoulder feeling bad about yourself. No more condemnation, church. No more letting yourself feel shame and guilt. No more. You are completely set free from the law of sin and death. Amen? amen? This is a fired up point as well. Honestly, these all could be sermons. There's sermonettes right now in one sermon. Eight Let's read through that right now. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Can I get an Amen. amen. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought you about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Church, uh-huh. Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our Spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co heirs with Christ. We'll say what now? Co heirs. With Christ. We're going to unwrap that in a little bit. But the same privileges that Christ has, we have. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider our present sufferings not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I've never seen two words just be so incredible. In us. I missed it. Church, I missed it. I thought it was going to be the glory that's going to be revealed, like the angels, the cherubim, and all these amazing things I'm going to see, and the four living creatures, and all these crazy things happening. But he's saying something glorious is going to be revealed Amen. in us. Whoa, that's going to be fired up. Yeah. You know, that's incredible to think about, right? Yep. Amen. He says, For the creation has been subjected to frustration. By its own, by its own choice, uh, but not by its own choice, but by the will of whom has subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay, and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning. Oh, Marantha, when will you come, O oh Lord? Come. Come quickly, reveal the sons and daughters of God, Amen. so we can be set free from decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, and as in the pains. Childbirth. Come on, lie of childbirth, right up to this present time. Childbirth. That's what the creation's going through right now. It's been in labor. Since Adam ate the apple, or the fruit, or whatever that pomegranate thing was, it wasn't that pleasing to the eye. Eve, come on, it's groaning, like in the child in childbirth. That's a sight to see. That's a sight to hear. Yeah. It says in the childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but our, but we ourselves. Who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies? For in this hope we are saved, but hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what has already been Have. But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait patiently for it. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified." He's getting lathered up right now. You can tell it's getting, it's getting, we're going to get into verse 31 in a second, but he's getting more and more fired up. I don't know what's happening to Paul, but he is in the spirit. Absolutely. If you don't believe the Bible is the word of God, come on, man. Look at this. Unbelievable. He talks about adoption, our adoption in Christ. Now, We call ourselves adopted children of God. We were lost, you know, and and I've been to orphanages and I've seen, and man, it's so tough. I was 18 years old. I went to Russia and 19, I was in Russia and we went to this Hope Youth Corps where we served orphans and I just wanted to bring them home. 18 years old. I was like, can can I adopt? I asked, can I adopt a child? And the Hope Youth Corps person was like, no. (laughs) No. I will not let that happen. But who's gonna adopt these children? Mm. What about him, what about him? There was one kid who just would hold on to me, never let me go. Mm. I remember bathing a, 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 an 18 year old man or 19 year old man who, who couldn't walk, couldn't bathe himself. And I was, I was washing him, mm. you know, with other brothers and sisters. And I was like, how old is he? He looks so small. He was like, he's 19. Mm. I was like, I'm 19. Mm. My goodness. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's how God sees us. Mm. We're just, we need, we're in need of adoption. Yeah. Mm. We're just harassed and helpless without true, a true father mm. in our life. Mm. And God's like, I want to adopt you. I want to adopt you. But you know, you can't adopt a child without the child choosing to be adopted. You go through a huge process, right? Our father is the best adopted father. Amen? amen? But what is the blessings? And this is really going back to the Roman times. And this is what Paul was thinking about when he understood adoption. And it was, a, it was more intense than it is today. Adoption now is amazing and incredible. And I obviously there's a lot of processes that go through it. But in the Romans' time, it was even more powerful. Why? Well, because of these things. First, you lost all the rights of your previous family. Now, as Christians, we're like, praise God. (laughs) I was sinful and going to death. So, yeah, I'm cool with that. Let's leave that worldly family, right? You know, Jesus calls the Pharisees' father the devil. Just think about that for a second. That's kind of an intense thing. I I don't think anyone's ever said anything more intense to someone. Your father's the devil. Who's our father if we're not in Christ? My goodness. Think on that for a second. So yeah, I'm cool with leaving that family. Beelzebub and me are no longer together. Praise God. What else? You gain all the rights of the new family. In the most binding legal way, you receive a new father. That's fired up. Right, What did Jesus teach us to say? When you start your prayer, say Father. You could spend five hours just saying Father and talking about all the things that God is amazing in your life to being Father. You become heirs and co-heirs with other siblings. Who's our other sibling? Mm -hmm. Jesus. So the rights and inheritance that he has in heaven, we have it too. That doesn't even seem right. Just keeping it real. I'm like, what? No, no. What if I clean the toilets, Lord? I'll do that. Can I clean the toilets? And Jesus is like, there's no toilets. (laughs) What can I do? What's the lowliest job I can do? Mm. Don't you remember what I said? The last will be first. Mm. First will be last. What? Co-heirs with Christ? The old life completely wiped out with all debts. So if I owed... Like $200,000 in the Roman times, whatever that meant, you know, in their coinage. And I was getting adopted. The father would pay that off and I would no longer have any more debts. Debt-free, amen? Amen. How would you like to be Mm -hmm. debt-free? Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome adoption. And last but not least, in the eyes of the law, this was a completely new son or daughter of the new father. Like a birth they would have this ceremony where they would say you were born again to your new father. Wow. You know, when we do some research, it's so powerful. Our adoption can become so much richer, amen, in Christ. Amen. You know, and the, what makes us that is life through the Spirit. It testifies to our spirits that we are God's children. And it testifies to God. This is your child. When Jesus comes back, he said, where's my children? The spirit is going to reveal all that whose children and who's been adopted. Amen. amen. So much could be said about this. But the creation, poor creation. Can I get an amen for the creation?
1: <laughs>
0: this is what it says. Adam, because you listened to your wife. And ate the fruit from the tree from which I commanded you. You must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Wait, wait, we caused all this? What's the groanings, the earthquakes, the tsunamis? Are you, do you see what I'm seeing? The groans of creation. Why did that hurricane happen? Why did that flood happen? Oh, it's, it's, it's global warming. Maybe. But it's also the earth saying it's time to be re- for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. Amen. And it's time for us to think that way. Amen. Amen.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm just a fool here. Let's keep reading verse 31. More than conquerors. What then shall we say in response to these things? Question. Here's the thing I thought. When I was reading my Bible, I didn't know. I'm so glad Paul finished that thought. Because I'm speechless, church. I don't know what to say. I'm just caught up in emotion. I'm adopted. I'm set free from sin in, in life and new life, and I'm free from death. I'm speechless. I don't know what to say. I'm speechless, church. I don't know what to say. What shall we say in response to all these things? I don't know. I just love Jesus. That's all I can say. Sometimes you got to just get wrapped up in it and just be wrapped up in it and just be taken away. Because I know my sin, I know what I deserve. That it's completely wiped out, never to be counted against me ever again. Amen. That there's no condemnation in Christ. That the Spirit intercedes for me when I pray. 90% of prayer is just showing up. Mm-hmm. Jesus and the Spirit do the rest. Mm-hmm. You know? Ah. Well, He finishes it. What's He say, church? Mm-hmm. If God is for us, who can be against us? Mm-hmm. You can meditate on that the whole summer. Just that scripture. How empowering that is. God is with you. He is for you. He works out the good for all things in your life. Even if bad things happen. Even if people persecute you. Even if challenging things happen. Even if you love people and they don't love you back. He's still going to work good. Right. Because he's the awesome God who plans can't be thwarted, who is the almighty God who makes the winds go and the mountains rise and the valleys, you know, be raised up and the, and the mountains, be brought low. Yeah. He is our God. Right. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will not also, along with the graciously, give us all things? Hmm. Well. When we pray, do we remember that Jesus gave up the most precious thing in life? His son. And when we pray, do we have the confidence in that background as we pray? Give us all things. What do you need? What's your, what do you need? It's yours. I made this earth for you, I made everything for you. In the will of God, if it's in the will of God, it's yours. Wow, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Good question. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that who raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as a sheep to be slaughtered, knowing all things. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love, the incomprehensible, incom- beyond knowledge, love. Of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Man, didn't I tell you Romans 8 was awesome? You know, what shall we say to all these things? Paul's like, let me tell you what we're going to say. We're going to say that if God is for us, who can be against us? And when you pray and when you fear, you need to think about that. No more fear, Christian, because God is for us. You know, when we pray, we have to remember that we're a co-heir with Jesus. And what did they say about Jesus? This is what was said about Jesus. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you have been here, my brother would have not died. But I know even now, God will give you whatever you ask. See, I don't think we believe that. That God will give us whatever we ask. I want to confess there are times I don't believe it. Because that doesn't come right away. But we need to have patience. And we need to still have confidence. That God's going to give us, if, if it's a no, then something better is going to come. He's going to work something better. If it's a yes, it's coming. Sometimes it happens very quickly. Sometimes it doesn't. But we have to realize that whatever has been asked, just like Jesus. Jesus the reason he got everything he asked for was because he understood God's will yeah. more than anyone else. Right. And if you can understand God's will, your prayers will be answered in a greater way. That's, right. That's why we read our Bible, to know God, to know God's heart. David was said to be a man after God's own heart. Let us be like that when we read God's word. What is God's will? Not what I can get out of it. What is he telling me to get out of it? He says, so then he took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I say this for the benefit of the people standing there, that they may believe that you send me. You always hear me. If we're co-heirs with Christ, you've got to think about this for a second. You see where I'm going? So everything that Jesus was able to do and say and claim from his father... We have the same rights.
1: Amen.
0: You read the Gospels differently now. Man, I'm, I'm still living like a pauper sometimes. I'm still looking like, I'm still like a homeless Christian sometimes as I live my life. I need to walk into the mansion of the treasures that await me spiritually with Christ. Then he tells us very truly, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. They will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. See, when we get our prayers answered, it glorifies the Son and the Father. Amen. I don't know why, but it does. Because we, our faith, trust, belief in them maybe brings more glory to them. Yes. Uh, it's amazing. If you remain in me and my words remain, ask whatever you wish. Again, there it is. And it will be done for you. You do not choose me, but I choose you. Adopted you, amen. Appointed you, you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. How many times have you got to say it to me, Glenn? Come on. Get it through your head, Glenn. If he didn't spare his one and only son, he'll graciously give you all things. John 16, In that day no one longer will ask me for anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we hear, and he knows we hear us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've been asked we ask for. I, I just recently purchased a book called Listening. To God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm so excited about reading it because in many ways my prayers need to be more about listening yes. than talking. Oh, I flap my lips so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> flap, flap, flap. Lord, Father, flap, flap. Lord, Father, this, Father, this, Father, this, Father, this. Shh. What is God's will? What's, your, what's God's will today for you? Listen. Mm-hmm. Listen to Him. Mm-hmm. And then ask them to fulfill what you heard. Mm-hmm. You'll live a different way if you do that. Life through the spirit church. Man, Happy Father's Day. You know, trouble, hardship or persecution, famine or nakedness. I didn't think about nakedness, but man, that's embarrassing. Amen. Everyone has a dream that they're naked in, usually, and they're like, "Ah, you know, there's a fear we have, and even just being. Revealed, right, Even being something that we're, we're exposed. Right. Maybe that nakedness is more like just l- letting people know who you really are. Mm-hmm. You know? As we end, I just want to think about one thing. It's time to walk in this earth as sons and daughters that we are. It's time to ask bold things according to his will. It's time to never walk around feeling condemned. It's time to laugh at death and sin. That's even hard to say out loud. Laugh at death? Laugh at sin? Yes. It's time to wait in expectation for glory that will reveal in us. It's time to conquer for God and even more, be more than conquerors. You know, Alexander the Great, Napoleon, all these great conquerors were more than them because they didn't conquer death. It's time to rest secure that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And it's time to reign now, not later, right now, because of the life through the Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Dark on every hand and we cannot understand all the ways that God will lead us to that blessing from land. But he'll guide us with desire and we'll follow till we die. We will understand it better. Lord and according to his word we will understand it better by and by by and by oh when the morning comes all the saints of our gathering home we will tell the story of how we overcome we will understand